Welcome to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles, a podcast dedicated to the unique challenges and joys of parenting medically complex kids. Each week, we'll engage in discussions relevant to all parents navigating their children's illnesses. I'm your host, Megan Pa, a lactation consultant and mom to a medically complex child, here to share insights and support on this nurturing journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles. It is the podcast where we deep dive into everything baby wearing and breastfeeding, um, specifically tailored to medically complex kids. I'm your host, Megan Pa, and I'm here today with Julia Cook, and we are going to be talking about the moment of diagnosis. Um, and I'm incredibly honored and excited that Julia is here because she is a mom of four. And not only does she have four kids, but she's got a brand new baby. And we all know how difficult it is to do anything when we have a brand new baby, let alone four. And what I also want to just add, which I think is really funny, is that we are doing this at almost nine o'clock at night <laughs> when the babies are in bed. So pretty much the only time that moms get to do stuff. So, Julia, thank you so, so much for being here today. We had the privilege of meeting uh, through a lactation consult, and um, that's kind of how we got connected. And I'm really excited about um, you just sharing your journey. Um, so if you could talk a little bit about how your birth story, I think, would be super interesting. And the um, just how you came to find Anna Louise's diagnosis. Yeah. Well, Megan, thanks so much for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, so my daughter, Anna Louisa, is seven weeks old, um, and I met Megan the day after she was born, I think the morning after she was born, right, when everything was just a total blur. Um, So Anna Louisa has Down syndrome, which we did not know until she was born, and I mean, I guess, where do I start? Yeah, like, when I was pregnant um, with Anna Louisa, so I'd always wanted four kids, and I, after my husband and I found out that I was pregnant, I started having this kind of this ominous sense that there was something wrong with the baby. Um, and it was a thought that I, and I don't, did I ever tell you that when we were? I think we had one conversation about it, but I'm so glad you're mentioning it because I am a huge believer in a mother's intuition, you know, just feeling like something is not quite right, you know? So I definitely want to, I want you to tell it again. Yeah, um, and I've become a much bigger believer in that after just after having her. And there have even been some other experiences um, in dealing with some of her medical issues where I've, my husband and I kind of both had a sense about something, or for me it's been like an intuition about something, and we've just I've just kind of followed that gut feeling, or I haven't followed it, and it's been bad. Um, I think I mean it's not like that bad. She's doing great, but I had this sense when I was pregnant that there might be something wrong with the baby, and I just kind of pushed that idea away because I mean why would I want to dwell on that? And um, I kind of thought like, well, maybe there's like, what's wrong with me that my mind keeps going there? Like, am I crazy? What's, you know, what's wrong with me? Um, and But I do remember being in the ultrasound clinic, kind of waiting for the doctor to come in and go over my results with me. And again, having that sense and just feeling really like wanting them to find something wrong in the ultrasound and then thinking I was a terrible person for feeling that way. Um, and so it's just not something I thought about that much. So I didn't think about her, I didn't think about the baby that much because when I did think about the baby, my mind went to that place and I didn't want to go there. So it was a, it was a difficult pregnancy for me mentally, I think, because if you're not thinking about the baby and, you know, I had 
I had uncomfortable or painful symptoms when I was pregnant. Like it was physically a tough pregnancy. Um, and it, I was just kind of like getting through it, trying to push through it. But even when I got to the end, I still wasn't picturing what life would be like when, once I had the baby. Um, we didn't know the gender either, um, which I like to do. I like to kind of keep it a little bit of a blank. So I'm not putting, projecting my own thoughts on who this person is going to be. We actually don't even pick out the name until we meet the baby. But, you know, so I do keep it a blank, but I also uh, almost didn't want to think about it. And it's something I didn't totally consciously realize until I, I you know, I've had time to think about this now in the, in the past several weeks. Um, so you asked me about the birth story. Uh, so I had the same midwife as Megan Story Jones, who's phenomenal. And she had her assistant, Sarah Tarter, who's also phenomenal. Um, and has now, I think, gone on to, I think she's officially maybe um, like a certified midwife at this point. Um, so I was like one of the babies, I know Louise was one of the babies um, who helped her reach her goal of delivering 40 babies. But yeah, so I had a home birth and everything was going well. Um, and I was in the bathtub um, about to deliver the baby and, you know, she's my fourth baby and I've had them all naturally and things were kind of going, um, you know, I, I knew it was coming um, and I started pushing and it was when I was pushing that, again, with this intuition, I just, I didn't know what was wrong, but I just started panicking and it was also very, it became very painful and I mean, having a baby is very painful, but it was different. The anxiety um, makes it more like that. Yeah, I fear. Yeah, and makes it more of your body. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like, I, and I think that's even like a, a one of the natural childbirth tips is, oh, don't be scared because otherwise it's more painful, you know. And I, I heard myself kind of like so I was, you know, screaming because you know, I was pushing the baby, but but I started like really screaming, and I was like, there's something. What is going on? And then Sarah kind of uh, she helped me. She helped the baby's head come out. I don't know what she did but she did something and then she put um the baby you know against me and i felt that she was just completely limp she was like a wet bag of sand and but nobody else had noticed yet that she was like that mm -hmm. so i got i got on my bed and i said well, what, what what just happened and sarah and the store were like you just had a baby and but i couldn't calm down um i was still panicked yeah. and um i noticed there was something kind of different about her eyes and Again, she just she was just totally limp, um, even though she was crying. So we knew she was okay. Like that, I mean, they 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 knew she was okay. She was showing vital signs and stuff. But when I held her, I just recognized how limp she was. But yeah, and so then Story got on the bed with me, and she kind of expertly. Um, I, she must do. I mean, she's obviously a professional, but I just they were they were taking my blood pressure, and she's like, "Can I hold the baby?" Um, and maybe that's when she always examines the babies. I'm sure she does. But I, it wasn't in my mind that, oh, she's checking the baby out to just take mm -hmm. a look at her. But she was kind of holding her up and lifting her arm up and down. And her arm would drop down. And she was examining her palms and stuff. And she just said very um, matter-of-factly, have you noticed her low muscle tone? And I said, yes. And she said, have you noticed the shape of her eyes? And I said, yes. And she says, I think that there's a strong likelihood she has Down syndrome. And when she said that, I was kind of like, you know, I wasn't, it's not what I was expecting, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah. What, I want to peel that back. So yeah. you, it's really interesting how this entire time you had an intuition about it. 
you also said that in some ways it sounded like you had a harder time bonding with her during the pregnancy because of that subconscious fear but you didn't want to acknowledge it because you're like does that make me a bad mom that i think that something is wrong and that makes it so it's so challenging as a woman when we're pregnant when intuitively we think that something's wrong but it's like we we also have that fear where we've got to just push that aside because we want it to be perfect and healthy and then when she was born and you're you got it was confirmed confirmed like okay well there's a high likelihood that she has down syndrome did you feel a sense of you know that makes sense to me you know like i i connecting that to how you felt when you were pregnant you know it yes it did um and it was almost like yes it's, it's like things kind of clicked into place and i yeah. mean again i i had just given birth and it, so everything was a blur yes. um and so it was really only when i thought back on it in the next couple of weeks um, that I realized, oh, this was the final piece of the puzzle was when she was born. You know, there's the intuition I had when I was pregnant. Then there was the birth where, you know, my body, that was, was like, my body knew, yeah. you know, I hadn't mentally processed exactly what it was, um, but my body knew. And then, you know, she was born and yeah. she got the diagnosis. Yeah. How did you react? Like, how did your partner react? Like, do you, do the two of you react similarly no um yeah no we don't um but both of us are pretty low-key i tend to not emotionally react right away like like when something um when i'm like shared like so when she told me that and again i did you know god had prepared me through this intuition for the diagnosis so it wasn't totally out of the blue i wasn't expecting this beautiful healthy baby right i mean she's beautiful um, and she is ama- thriving in amazing ways, which I can share later. Um, but yeah, so I, I was kind of like, m- my initial reaction is to kind of just continue the conversation without anybody being able to read my face. I don't know why I react that way, but that's just how I am. So I was like, oh, really? You know, it's like I don't you a minute to process it, though, right? It's like you you need to process it bef- yourself before you kind of share, how, like, with other people how you're feeling. Does that yeah. connect with I'm what slow, you're thinking? I'm slower. I'm a slower uh, emotional processor, I think. Um, and I've gotten much better, I think, at at processing my emotions. You know, things, yeah. I mean, the, the Lord has helped me to do that. And but um you know, my husband, who's also pretty low key, you know, he cried and, and I cried when he cried, but he, he when, when story shared the information with him, he wasn't in the room. He came in a few minutes later and I said, I, th- I think I said, Alex, I think the baby has Down syndrome and he kind of looked stunned, you know, his face was stunned. Um, and he asked for a few minutes, um, if, we, if we could have a few minutes on our own with the baby. And then he cried and I started crying too. And he was just like, you know, we live in a broken, fallen world. Um, and, you know, that's where we're both Christians and that's where he went right away. And I went there with him. I said, yeah. And, but we also, you know, Story is also a Christian. And I think with, with patients who she knows are Christian, she will, she will use that as part of how she, I mean, she kind of ministers to her patients. And, 
um, she said, you know, she is beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You know, God has a purpose for her life. And that was really special because if we had been in a hospital, I don't think we would have heard that. Nope. Yeah. I'm so, I love that about story. I love that she shared that with you. I want to, I'm glad that you brought it up because there's something that I didn't get right away um, with my own son's diagnosis, but I got it later on. And I think sometimes when we, when we have a medically complex baby and we're getting their diagnoses and you don't know like what's going to happen, you can't see the future and nobody is giving you like, that's one thing I think is so hard as a parent and you can share on this and it, you know, how things progress as you're going to see her doctors and you're hearing from a cardiologist and no one's giving you clear cut. Like this is the path. This is exactly what's going to happen. You don't know. And so there, there might be a moment where you're questioning and you're like, well, why God, like, why does my baby have to have this? And, you know, what I heard later on is that it doesn't, it's actually not necessarily about you. It's not necessarily about me. Maybe he needed, or, you know, she needed, this is part of their story. And for whatever reason, this is their path to walk. And it's, it doesn't even have to be like this viewed in a negative light, but it could be part of their story. That's a beautiful thing about them that they're going to like overcome and share and help others with or you know what however you want to view it but it was it's part of their journey and something that they needed and so for I think that a lot of times it might be a different thing like what story said to you or what I actually uh, took in I think I was reading some a book but took in about the circumstance that is so beneficial to help us process like that one little thing that just helps us connect and process and be like, okay, I get that. You know what I mean? Like, well, I've read, uh, my, my father-in-law sent my husband, um, and me an article. Uh, I think it was like a wall street journal or it was first things article where the guy is talking about what it was like when they found out that their daughter had down syndrome and just how surprised and moved he was when at last they heard from somebody who told them congratulations, you know, that the family acted as though someone had died. Um, you know, the, the pediatrician said, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, we never got that actually. Um, oh, any- never got. No, no, yeah. we didn't. We didn't. And so, I, I mean, and I'm still probably processing her diagnosis because as of now she is just this wonderful little baby beautiful um you know and she's just she's it's such a joy um you know I've been told that she may have delays in walking and talking and things like so I think I'm the hard stuff may come later right now I'm just enjoying her so much um but I think part of that a huge part of that is the way that people around us reacted yeah Um, and that it may I think it would have been different if um we had received the diagnosis before she was born I know that's how it was with you yeah. And Tyson. But you know, yeah. And I, I actually love so much what you're saying. And it makes me even more grateful that you were willing to come on and talk to me about it because you're absolutely right. Like people need to be able to see some of these diagnoses and still come to you and be like, congratulations. Do you know what I mean? Like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. my God, look at this beautiful 
baby girl that you have that has been gifted and blessed into your family. And the fact that like the response was not that, like that's, now you've got this whole other layer to process. So I'm really glad that you are being so generous to come on and talk because when people hear you say that, you know, if they have a family member or friend that has a baby with Down syndrome, now they'll know. Now they can say to them, like, congratulations on your beautiful child. You know what I mean? Like, that's so, so important. Yeah. Well, you know, and I didn't, I mean, I would not necessarily have known how to respond to somebody, right? They're also going to somewhat mirror your reaction. And, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe it was in part how story started us off with just, you know, this child was from the Lord. And, but I never, I mean, when you're holding your baby, I I never was angry with God. Um, I, I mean, I felt sad a little bit, but when you're holding your baby, you just, you love them so much. Um, and you know, the fears that I had were more about what the future was going to be like. Yeah. But I thought I pretty quickly was just like, you know, I'm not going to go there because I, who knows what the future is going to hold. I'm just going to enjoy her, enjoy her, you know, first days of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, can you, so speaking of that, can you talk and walk us through a little bit about those first few weeks and how, um, what you had to do to set up like her medical team and go through her appointments and all of that and what your experience there was? Yeah, I think another reason why Down syndrome was not something that we sort of were immediately um, focusing so much on was because she did have some other medical issues that were immediately apparent or relatively immediately. So, um, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before you started recording, which was, you know, when, when you have a home birth and there's an unexpected uh, medically complex child who's just been born, how do you, what, what, how does Story know what to do? But she was great. Um, and she said, you know, you should probably get an echocardiogram as soon as you can, um, because I think they would do that at the hospital. And there are a couple other things she said, but they came, they come back the next day also to um, just check out the mom, check out baby. And they found that Anna Louisa had a low oxygen saturation level. Am I getting that right? Yes. (laughs) Oxygenation. Yeah. Um, Her her pulse ox was low Mm -hmm. and she said, yeah, you should definitely try to get the echocardiogram as soon as you can. So we, by day four of her life, um, there was a last minute cancellation because normally you have to wait like a month for these appointments. Um, we got in at Nova Fairfax's uh, pediatric cardiology office. And my husband said, you know, I think, I think God's been giving us what we need. So I'm a little concerned <laughs> that we got this appointment so last minute and easily. Um, and she did have a ventricular septal defect, um, yeah. which and it was uh, the cardiologist later let it slip. It was kind of, it was big, you know, he didn't mention this, but when we researched, we found out it was probably open heart surgery would be required. Um, and I had noticed she was panting. It was hard for her to breathe. Um, she was very like, just not alert. I mean, newborns are pretty groggy and stuff too, but, and that was kind of the big one was, you know, she's been alive for three days and um we're in the waiting room of the, of the cardiologist's office and that was that was difficult but again we were just kind of like just doing it right it just you hit the ground running you know she as you remember her her nursing was also difficult at first and we we're having yeah. to feed her a syringe and so that was the whole thing 
but I mean, I can, do you want me to keep talking about her heart? Cause we have, I don't know what I've shared with you. Cause I haven't seen you um, since she was. Like, I know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Please. Um, also, I think that I'm curious because you mentioned how, when you were talking to the cardiologist, um, he let it slip that she, her issue is a little bit larger. And do you, do you feel like he prepared you adequately for what was, what is to come? Or did you, do you have, how do you feel about the fact that you guys had to go home and like kind of research it and figure it out on yourself? I'm just curious because I know that how I feel and I felt when, when doctors are kind of giving you little hints, but you're, they're not telling you everything. And then you go home and you're researching and, <laughs> and bad that comes from that. <laughs> well, actually what, what we researched is that it might be open heart or it might be catheterization, mm -hmm. I think for the, for the BSD. Yeah. So when I, he, yeah, he was not giving us the whole picture of the first appointment. Um, I thought he was wonderful the first appointment. I think he's the only doctor I've ever had who I felt was just going to take as much time as needed with us. Yeah. Um, like, I really don't think I've ever felt that because you always have to be somewhere. But I, I really, you know, when you're breaking the news to brand new parents that are newborn that the child has a heart defect, I mean, it, mm -hmm. that's a time, if any, to just be like, you, you have all the time in the world with me. Um, so that's how I felt with him. And he was also quite experienced. I think he's probably in his 70s. But he did not, when I say let it slip, it was the third appointment when he didn't do an echocardiogram. And this was actually the last appointment we were at with her um, for her heart. He just listened with the stethoscope and he said that it sounded like the, the opening was getting restricted. Mm. Um, so he had told us that it was not the kind of hole that could close on its own, but that there was an aortic valve that might come down and block the hole. And um, so, to, so keep to keep the blood from flowing back into the other chamber and then that would basically she wouldn't need surgery if that were the case yeah. so that's what we were praying for we we're also praying for that it would miraculously close on its own um and when she was gosh when was this like she was four weeks old or so when we we saw him the third time and he just said something like, oh yeah well, well the hole this big you know, <laughs> you would need open heart wow. surgery and because we had asked at that point, like, is it open heart or catheterization? Um, but he says that he was, he said at the time he was optimistic that surgery, surgery was going to be less likely. And she's not panting anymore. Um, so we're supposed to go back on the 14th of November. Um, so that's something like, if you, you know, less than two weeks. Um, and I am very optimistic that he'll find that it is, that it's okay. Because yeah. she's, she's breathing fine now, which I mean, that's a huge answer to prayer. And anyway. That is awesome. Yeah. Can you share a little bit how that has impacted breastfeeding from the start up until where you are now at seven weeks postpartum? I mean, cause she's like, she started, it started off a little bit rocky, but I felt like you guys really got into a groove. Well, she is my fourth baby to nurse. So that was very helpful. I think it would have been extremely difficult if she were my first or maybe even my second, um, you know, or third, I, I don't know. Um, but so I, I, I knew what to do, even though she's a different child than the other three are, um, I kind of knew the mechanics of it. And so, so I had that experience, but she was pretty unresponsive. Like I said, you know, I mean, she, she barely was crying. She was just sleeping all the time. She was very lethargic and she was too weak or her muscle tone was too low to, suck enough like she 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 had a she had a pretty good suck i think i remember you saying but mm -hmm. she she would lose steam after a few seconds mm -hmm. um so we were feeding her actually someone had just 
handed me down. You know, when you have a home birth, you have to buy your own home birth supplies, which is, I mean, it's still way, way cheaper than having a hospital birth. But, but someone who handed me down some supplies um, had, had some like five millimeter syringes. And I'd been like, what are these? Because I never used those before. And they came in handy. Um, so we were feeding her with those, just five millimeter by five millimeter, just to like try to keep her awake and then latch her on and see if she could suck a little bit. I was also pumping. Um, yeah. And so we were doing that for like almost a week until she finally was really, really was able to nurse. Yeah. And that's a lot. Like you were, you were processing a lot. Like this is your fourth baby. So you have three other kids. You're putting baby to breast, you're pumping, you're syringe feeding. And all of that cycle is happening every two to three hours. Plus you're processing all the emotions of finding out that your daughter has Down syndrome and, you know, has heart issues. And yeah. So do you feel like, did you, at that point or at what point did you ever reach out and join like a support group or look for resources on Down syndrome um, babies? And um, what have you found has been like the most helpful thing that has allowed you to kind of process this? Well, you sent me something very a helpful resource, which was this ebook on nursing babies with Down syndrome. And again, Megan, I'm sorry, but I, you know, it was such a blur. <laughs> but I did read that book. I mean, it's yeah. amazing the things you do when you, like, I can't remember, I mean, most of what was going on in those first few weeks. But I can't I remember, imagine why. Like, I know, but I read that book. <laughs> it's not like you had a lot going on. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah. And also we had to have two people feeding her, right? Because Alex is holding her while I'm putting this. Yeah. So yeah. It's a two person so job. So like no one was watching the kids. Like, go to the neighbor's house. I mean, it was like really, it's free range like, parenting out there. Yeah, definitely free range parenting. Like hoping I'm not playing in the street this time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we actually had some great support and, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a go, go, go period of time just for that first week. But I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no, so the um, so the the book, the ebook was really helpful. Oh, the e yes, did you the did you ever reach out and get connected with like a community of maybe other moms that have, have not yet? Yeah, I have no. not yet. And I've talked a little bit. So I have a friend of a friend who was so sweet, and she lives somewhere far away, and she came and dropped off this book. Um, called like the first month of your down of your child with Down syndrome life or something. It was like mm -hmm. the it was it was that was very helpful too. Um, and I texted with her a little bit, but no, I actually didn't want to get connected with other parents right away. Um, and I actually still haven't really done it. And I'm glad you said that though, because I'm I'm yeah. glad that you said that you haven't done it yet, or that because I think that one thing I want people to know listening is that it's, you know, we can have this list of things that like, okay, we need to do all these things. It's good to do, but we don't all have to do them on a certain time frame, And we all process things differently. And I think that some people may be in the boat where they're like, I need to reach out and talk to other moms and connect and just be like, okay, we're all going through this. And someone may be like, no, I need more time. And however, I think 
it's important to respect the way that everybody approaches their situation differently and processes things differently. Why did I feel like that's like a tongue twister to say processes? <laughs> processes things differently. Um, yeah. So, you know, you so far, you, it sounds like everything that you've done, you've been able, you were really in touch with yourself and you've known, okay, this is what I need at this moment. And yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, because people kept saying, are you going to get in touch with other people in the Down syndrome community? And I, I think my reaction was, I just want to enjoy my baby. Like, this is a special time, you know, yeah. that that will come later. I mean, yeah. I'm, sure that, I'm sure that will come later. Um, but also, when you talk to people, you get all their baggage, too. Yeah, and, and oh, like, that's so I, true. I mean, I was, I was truly enjoying her, and I was truly, you know, whereas what I was reading was, you know, people are like, oh, I, this people having much more negative experiences um, when their kids were born than I did. I mean, I did have some negative feelings, you know, I'll be honest. I, I thought, well, it, it, you know, what, what am I, what if she, is she going to die? I mean, like, it, would it be better if she died because she's disabled? You know, like yeah. I had a thought like that at one point, um, which I certainly don't anymore, but I didn't want to be connected with people right away when I was so vulnerable and still getting to know her because then I was afraid they were going to, you know, everyone has different experiences and they were going to kind of project their experiences onto my daughter. You um, knew to protect your space. And to protect her in a way um, from having these labels on her before she was even, you know, a few days old or so. Yeah, I, I haven't done that yet. And, um, and, and as it turns out, she is thriving. Um, she is doing so well. And actually, we had a meeting uh, last week with Arlington County's early, early intervention services, because as a child with Down syndrome, she automatically qualifies for that. And a social worker came out with two therapists, a speech therapist and an occupational therapist. So this was when she was like five, almost six weeks old. And at the end, they said, I mean, she's meeting all of the developmental milestones that she should be. She's characteristic of a normal baby her age. I, um, I mean, they were like this. There was a speech therapist who came was very experienced. Um, but she was, she was one of those kind of like seen it all types, you know, like the unsmiling. And she's like, how's, she was like, how's the baby doing? The baby, she was napping when they, when they arrived. She's like, how's she doing? And I said, she's doing great. And um, she was like, she looked surprised and um, but by the end of the meeting, she was la she was literally laughing with delight when she saw Anna Louisa able to kind of be on her tummy, moving her head back and forth, looking around, like connecting so well. Um, and, and they said, yeah, cognitively, emotionally, and physically, she is she's she's characteristic of a normal baby her age. So that so feels so good. That feels it, good. That's it felt, awesome. it, yeah, and I even had, I was like, so does she, is she not going to, I, I was expecting all this therapy right away, mm -hmm. and so I said, so she doesn't need any kinds of therapy yet, or, and they said, no, mm -hmm. and and so everything I'd read had been, you know, these, this, my baby needed this, needed this, needed this, and that wasn't the case for her. Now, she, she's failed her hearing test, and we're still waiting on a diagnostic hearing test for her. You know, there will be other things, I expect, yes. but, like, in this moment, Right now, and we're at seven weeks of life. She she's just doing great. I love it. That's so good to hear. I love it. What are your hopes and your aspirations for her in the future? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I want her to. I want her to be able to achieve the things that 
she wants to be able to achieve. You know, I want her to reach her full potential, just like my other kids. Um, I want her to love Jesus um, the way I want my other kids to. Uh, you know, I want her to be a positive effect on other people, to, to, to bring joy to people, right? That's what you want. I think I think about that more with her because there is sort of that positive stereotype of kids with Down syndrome that they do bring joy to others um, by just being around. And but yeah, so I, I would like her to be uh, a joy spreader. I love that a joy spreader, absolutely, and she will be hundred percent. I mean, she already she already she is. Already babies, is. babies are <laughs> check right. Yeah, she is. Amazing. Yes, that is so awesome. I love that. So do you feel like breastfeeding and I know that you were baby wearing with your other kids and maybe you've done a little bit with her. Do you think that that's helped you um, bond with her? And do you feel like, because there is some research to show that like breastfeeding helps with the, you know, um, Down syndrome babies can sometimes have more issues with sleep apnea and speech development because of the muscle tone in their, um, their jaw and their, you know, so breastfeeding helps with oral exercises that they get practice at every feeding. So do you feel like, um, was that something that you kind of learned as you were going, or is it something that you've like researched and you're like, I knew I wanted to breastfeed, you breastfed your other babies. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, the the ebook you sent me, um, what that what that's kind of what made me realize how important it was to breastfeed babies with Down syndrome. Also, that immune support. Um, yeah, you know, she she has had shown signs of maybe having like a little bit of a weaker immune system. Like she's gotten some coughs. You know, my other newborns never had coughs right away. But yeah, so the literature you sent me talked about how breastfeeding can help with speech development. Um, I think also like the the palate of mm-hmm. of, of of her mouth might be smaller um, and that, that breastfeeding even helps with that. Um, like it just helps strengthen those muscles. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I had, I had breastfed my other babies and so I was intent to breastfeed her as well, but what, it really didn't motivate me when I read that literature that you'd sent me when, when it was hard that we did really need to keep pushing. And there was the sort of possibility, it wasn't an immediate um, possibility, but there was a, kind of a possibility looming in the background that we might need to use formula to supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was just pumping and syringe feeding her. And we, we yeah. just kind of kept going with it and we're like, we're going to, we're going to do this. And if we can possibly, you know, uh, because she had this heart defect, she was burning calories uh, more quickly. So yeah. it was ha- we were having to kind of really, she was losing all this weight. I mean, she was born big, but then she was losing all this weight. Um, so we were really concerned about getting her back to birth weight and everything, but I mean, she did, you know, kids with Down syndrome also are on a different um, growth chart. So it takes her a little bit longer to gain that weight. So we talked about that. Did you ever confirm if babies with Down syndrome have their own growth chart, like specifically yeah. like breastfed babies with Down syndrome? Because oh. I, I didn't know actually. And I didn't know if that's something that you were able to find. You know, I don't know about breastfed babies um, and then particularly babies who have Down syndrome yeah. and a heart defect. Um, you know, we never did because she did start gaining weight okay. Yeah. Like, well, so we did, our pediatrician did send us the growth chart for babies with Down syndrome. There's a different one for girls and boys, just like there is um, for, you know, the, the ones you see at the pediatrician's office. When you yeah. Take your yeah. Um, so we do have that. And so we looked at that at one point where I was getting a little worried that maybe she wasn't gaining enough. And yeah, we found that she was gaining 
what she should be. Um, but yeah, there, there was that added um, difficulty, I guess, of, of the of how many calories she was burning. Um, but she's done great. I love that. Yeah, so great. Uh, looking back, um, is there are there any resources or tips that you would want to leave other moms with that maybe um, are just going through it right now, have just found out their baby's diagnosis? What would you say to them to kind of get them started off on the right foot at baby's birth? I mean, I, sh I should have brought this down with me for this podcast, so I'll send it to you later. So there, the, the book that was given to me by the friend of a friend was pretty helpful just because it was very comprehensive in knowing what medical issues she might have because I, I was ignorant of the fact that uh, babies with Down syndrome w were then possibly going to have all these other medical issues. And that's why it's called a syndrome, right? So, because our pediatrician is lovely, she's great, but she's not a developmental pediatrician, so she, she does not see that many children with disabilities. Um, so I kind of wanted just to be sure that we were covering all the bases. And so that, that book was helpful, but I can't remember the name of it. It was like one of these little tiny books that's published in this like very small publishing company. Um, I would say though, my, my answer, my more comprehensive answer would be to follow your gut. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say follow your gut because you're so connected with your baby and no one's going to know your baby better than you. Even people who know a lot of stuff about medicine and have experience with Down syndrome babies, like it's still your baby. And I think we have this instinct to protect them and to nurture them and to love them. And ultimately, uh, loving our babies is the most important thing to do. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I love that. And I think that what you said applies to everybody. So for the people listening, um, even if they don't resonate, like if, if that's if Down syndrome is not the medical complexity that they have, or even if people that are just tuning in to kind of learn more about this, that is an important message to hear, even if you've just got a healthy baby, but is going through a bout of illness. Nobody knows your baby like you do nobody is with your baby 24 hours a day seeing all the things like you are so moms and dads caretakers are able to catch everything and so following your intuition is so key so i'm glad that you brought that up yeah and there have been a couple times um that i have had an intuition about something and um so the time that i regretted not following it was we, so she failed this hearing test, the newborn screening. We, we did it twice, and the first time she failed, the second time it was this older machine, and the result was inconclusive. So then I had to go um, try to find a place that would conduct the diagnostic. Um, it's called the what's it called the the brainstem response, automatic brainstem response test um, that they need to do. And Children's in DC was one of the only places that uh, does the test in the area. And I talked to the scheduler and I just thought, I just don't like this scheduler. <laughs> she does not seem competent. Oh, <laughs> and, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and that's just how I felt. And I, I try to be nice, but um, I was just like, I just don't, there's something, I don't like her. And I had this bad impression of children's also like getting passed down the chain of you call this one place and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't do it here. You need to call this place. So I was already at my wit's end anyway. Um, yeah. Trying to find 
closer to this test. But so we we went to her um, the appointment for her hearing test at Children's in DC on Friday, and it turns out she scheduled us for the wrong test. Um, so we <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but four people, you know, myself included, had 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 the wrong uh, test schedule for them that week. You know. It's ironic that you say that because we were supposed to see the nephrologist like a month ago. And like, I don't know about you guys, but like I've taken off work. My husband's taken off work. We had to find a babysitter. It's an hour drive. Like, are you going to pay my babysitter? Exactly. It's an hour drive. We get up there. We're waiting, you know, and they're like, we don't have you on the schedule for today. And I'm like, I had... Our, we're not in network. I ha- like I know we're on the schedule today because I had to get uh, a referral letter from our regular pediatrician to, to anytime we go to the nephrologist there. And I'm just like, we planned this months ago. The date is on this referral paper, and we, we like the whole thing. And we had to go home. I was. Are I'm you like, serious? Is this at Children's? Yes. What, like, what is with the scheduler? What? Yeah, and this is not the first time. It's that, and it always happens. It always happens when we do go to nephrology and um, I don't know what it is there, but I was just like, I'm well, over it. So not only that, but apparently they do the test at the Fairfax location. Like I attached yeah. to multiple schedules yeah, yep. and I, and I, I was like, I mean, are you, are you sure they don't do the Fairfax? I really don't have to go to, to Columbia Heights. Um, yeah. I, I just don't want to have to do that. And like, no, no, we don't, we don't do that at Fairfax. And, and so the, uh, the audiologist I think was mortified because she was very confessional. She was just like, I'm so sorry. You're like the fourth pupil this has happened to this week. We really need to retrain the schedulers, but I don't know. I mean, that sounds like in like if, if you also in nephrology were getting all messed up, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Right. I'm telling you, but it and adds that, insult to injury for sure. Like, you know, Oh, a hundred percent. It's just la- And it's layered because these, I mean, we are families with like, we're already stressed out. We're already right. stressed out. We're already worried our babies. And then you're like, just kidding. I, yeah, I mean, it was all, it was so bad. It was kind of funny. And my, so, but I did, I was like, we have a broken healthcare system. Yeah. Oh God. Oh Lord. That's a whole, uh, that would be a whole other podcast, right? Yeah, oh, for like, sure. oh, for sure. um, oh my God. We could spend so many hours. I mean, I've been grateful for the good medical, medical care that we have gotten. I've been impressed yeah. with the cardiology, pediatric cardiology at Noah Fairfax. I'll give them a shout out. Um, you know, love story. She's awesome. But yes, she's, I would not consider her a medical establishment. I would consider her uh, a better alternative. Yeah. Than- alternative care. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming. Honestly, I feel like it has been a privilege to talk to you. Uh, I have gotten a lot out of it. So I know that everybody listening has gotten a lot out of it. I really appreciate your time so much. So the resource that you mentioned, the book, um, I'm going to get that from you. I'm going to add it into like the, the notes, the chat notes for other people who can, they can find it. Um, when they're listening to this podcast, um, I'm also going to add some resources for families who do have Down syndrome babies, just some like national organizations. Um, if people do want to get connected and get more resources, that will also be added in the notes to this podcast. Thank you very, very much for coming on.
And um, for everybody out there listening, like we are going to have more great people come, um, you know, out and talk to us. I've got another parent actually who is going to be coming on um, in the following week, and um, her her daughter is now in elementary school. So um, we're gonna. She has spent a lot more time navigating, you know, the medical system and. Um, gained a lot of knowledge about the ins and outs of, you know, having a medically complex child and hitting certain milestones. So I'm going to have her come on and we're going to talk to her and um, that'll be really good for uh, parents to hear who are navigating this process with older children. So thank you again, Julia. It's a pleasure talking to you and you go and enjoy that sweet baby. Oh, thank you. It was great talking to you as well, Megan. All right. Good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us on today's episode of Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles. I hope you found our discussion enlightening and that you leave feeling supported and empowered. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Tune in next week for more insights and conversations that connect us all in the shared experience of parenting. Until then, take care and cherish every miracle with your little ones.